1: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed.
2: It's harder to focus than ever these days. Thankfully, C4 has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus, containing 200 milligram of natural caffeine, a blend of vitamins and zero sugar. It was formulated to support your well-being, And help you feel your best, all while enhancing mental focus. From your brain to your body, C4 Smart Energy does it all. And tastes amazing. Look for Smart Energy in the beverage aisle at your local Kroger, Albertsons, and Safeway grocery stores. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused.
0: This episode of Travel Today with Peter Greenberg is brought to you by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. It's time for Peter
2: Greenberg Worldwide with America's number one travel news journalist. And now, the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year,
3: your travel detective, Peter Greenberg.
0: Hi everybody, Peter Greenberg here and welcome to the podcast that's done from a different location around the world every single week. One day Canada, the next day Thailand, then New York, London, you just never know. This week we come to you from the brand new Celebrity Edge. We are heading towards Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm honored to have my next guest on. He's the chairman and chief executive officer of Royal Caribbean Cruises. What a coincidence he happens to be on a brand new ship that he operates. (laughs) <laughs> Celebrity Lines, Richard Fain, how are you? Sam? Welcome aboard, Peter. And happy to be here. You know, you and I have talked many times in the past, and what I wanted to start about today is just an overview of the industry itself because people don't realize how many people haven't taken a cruise. People don't realize you know, that for all intents and purposes, if you're looking at, at the travel and transportation industry in America, you guys are still in your infancy.
4: Well, we are, and that's that. from my point of view, that's a terrific thing because it shows how much further we have to grow and how much greater penetration we have. But it also shows the problem of explaining all the wonders that a cruise vacation offers. And this is a particularly good time to be in it because people really have shifted their focus. From buying things, uh, flat-screen TVs, whatever, to buying experiences. And that's our sweet
0: spot. Uh, and by the way, that's that's across the entire cruise industry. When I was 17 years old, all I wanted was a car. All you wanted was a car. <laughs> you did. You wanted a car. Now you can't give them away. I mean, kids don't want cars anymore. They want something else. They want something what they would call authentic and genuine experience.
4: And memories. And, um, you know, the beauty about a cruise is it takes you to new places. It gives you new, meet new people. It's experiences that you can Instagram, that you can come back and talk about. And that's really what people are looking for today. And, and the cruise gives it in a way that no other vacation does. And that's why the industry keeps
0: growing so much. Now, in, in your particular corporation, and I'm probably going to be low on the numbers because you've been acquiring some lines lately, but you've got Royal Caribbean, you've got Celebrity. We're on that ship now, The Edge. We're going to talk about that. You've got Azamara, and you have Sea, and then in, you have two other lines in Europe. Indeed. Now, how many total? I was told 49. I'm probably low.
4: Uh, ships, we, we're currently operating 59 ships.
0: Because uh, because of Silver Sea now.
4: Because Silver Sea's added to the total. Um, and we have obviously a very strong view of the future because we have 15 ships on order.
0: And right now you're sailing to more than 500 ports around the world. Ports that at one point didn't even know they had ports.
4: Um, that's the other thing that's really happened is that people have – want. Again, new experiences. It all comes down to that. And so they want to go to places that aren't the traditional places. And the cruising is the best way to do it. You can go there. You know you're safe. You know that it's going to be something reliable. And and that opens up opportunities to go to places that otherwise you might not want to go to the first time. And then you sample a few places. It's an appetizer. It's an appetizer.
0: And yet, of course, your business person—you know, basically... Succeeds because they come back.
4: Um, And our repeat rate is second to none. Um, because we blow people away. And and actually, most of our customers come because their brother-in-law sailed and said, oh, my God, you won't believe how great that was, or their next-door neighbor or their co-worker. And it's that word of mouth and that snowballing effect that continues to help us grow. And and again, you're on Celebrity Edge, and so you're enjoying the amazing celebrity experience.
0: Well, we'll talk about it in a second, but I still want to get on some of the industry stuff. Right now, there's not a shipyard in the world that I know of that's not operating at 100% capacity. That is an indication right there. So it's not just you guys with the number of ships in order. Everybody's got ships in order.
4: Absolutely. And the reason for that is that the whole industry is satisfying a demand that continues to grow. And one of the beauties of our industry is that we all do it different ways. So we've resisted the temptation that so many other industries have succumbed to, which is to take – Uh, quote, best practices and homogenize yourself. So everybody does exactly the same thing. In the cruise industry, it's very different experiences for very different people and even the same person at different times with their children, without their children or grandchildren. So that ability to continue to be a very tailored vacation for you as a customer is part of the reason the industry continues to do
0: so well. I mean, in the airline business, it's sort of like follow the loser, You know, it's it's and if the airlines were telling the truth, their brand message would be, "We're not happy until you're not happy." But that's another issue. But in this situation, you can actually differentiate your your market segments, not just based on destination, but based on experience.
4: Um, People really are looking for different things and at different times of their lives, and. Um, and there's a different style. It's not just a question of of specifics. It's also there's a style of cruising. And uh, we have one style for each of our brands and others have
0: different styles and different people like the different styles. And that's
4: I think that's terrific.
0: But is there a danger? Let, let's say and you, you probably have a better handle on this percentage than I do. Maybe 13% of the adult population may have taken a cruise. That's probably I'm probably being high. No,
4: you're actually low today. Uh, in the United States, it's probably over. It's probably closer to 23%. Okay, so the, but the, but still, it's it's a fraction of the people
0: that would enjoy the vacation. All right, so it's 23%. I'm I'm giving everybody the benefit of that it's a full 23%. Isn't there a danger there that the industry might think, "Oh my God, another 77% suddenly want to go."
4: Well, I don't think it's a danger. First of all, as you've mentioned, there's a limit to how fast we can grow because there are only a few shipyards and they're all full. So we can't grow too quickly. Um, And so there's a lot of unsatisfied demand out there. And I think that will continue.
0: All right. So now you've got that growth, which you can measure and you can monitor. Uh, And then you have to figure out what you're going to offer to each market segment. Because you also, I mean, you have the biggest ships in the world, You've got some of the most intimate ships in the world, right?
4: That's exactly right. And then
0: you've got the expedition ships.
4: Yes. So we cover the gamut um, from ships with a passenger capacity of 100 people up to 5,800 people. And the beauty is that each of those ships appeals to slightly different customer, slightly different customer desires. And, um, and I think that's a strength that we don't try and do, you know, one, one size fits all.
0: Well, that would be a disaster.
4: And fortunately, uh, some industries have been seduced by the idea that there's an ideal form. And, and uh, fortunately, the cruise industry doesn't believe that.
0: So when you're looking at this growth, and, you, and we're not just talking about the number of ships or your capacity, you have to have to look at where you're going to go, where you're going to position these ships. In the river cruise industry right now, they have a problem. The, the, some of the rivers, are, are, they got some water level problems, but the other problem is they have a limited number of places they can tie up. And when you're on the river now, you're going from one ship to another ship to another ship to another ship just to get off the ship. I mean, because they, they've really exploded, Right.
4: Well, we we have the opportunity that we have still only scratched the surface. We've only scratched the surface in terms of our customer base because only in the United States, which is one of the most intense cruising markets in the world, only 3% of people take a cruise on an annual basis. So we've only scratched the surface, but we've also only scratched the surface, as you say, of where we go. What services we offer, how we provide those services, and the opportunity to be imaginative with all these variables is, is allows us to um, continue to grow and continue to offer new experiences.
0: Well, you're the one industry that I can think of. Uh, airlines are different, but you're the one industry I can think of that you can actually literally reposition your assets. You can move them anywhere. Uh, And we do. And you've seen that. We
4: go where people want to go. And so if people want to go to more out of the way destinations, that's where we go. And the other thing is, wherever we go, almost always, you really see a a hunger for us, because we also bring such economic benefits to the places we go. So um, we've seen this over and over again. That not only is it satisfying our customers, but we bring economic value to the destinations that we partner with.
0: We've been speaking with the chairman and CEO of Royal Caribbean, Richard Fain. Richard, I know, because you and I have known each other a long time, that you're a detail guy. I mean, you could probably sit here and, and and spend the next hour just talking to me about carpet. Uh, am I right? Not quite, but um,
4: uh, I'm lucky enough to be involved with a lot of smart people
0: who could. Uh, okay, he approves the carpet. Okay, fine. But but the bottom line is you're given a, a, a blank canvas here, and you're saying, okay, what do you want in a ship, right? It, it's not that the shipyard is telling you what they're going to build for you. You're telling them, right? And in this case specifically because you had to redesign the whole nature of this ship structurally.
4: Well, and it's a great opportunity, actually, because usually you start with such constraints that you, you have to fit within a, a hull that they normally have or a shape of a hull or a s- general spacing.
0: You broke the mold on this.
4: But here we really had the opportunity to start with literally a blank sheet of paper and say, how many passengers, how many guests do we want? Uh, what, kind, what kind of service do we want? What style? What are we trying to do? And we really started in something that most people don't get to start with is who are our passengers and what do they want? And then instead of starting with a, a hull and saying what can we put in this hull, we could say what do our guests want and, and um, how do we provide that? And that's a tremendous luxury that we had and, and that's what we started with.
0: So you being a focus group of one... Given your experience, and I should I should tell everybody, it's not every day that you're talking to a CEO who's been in the chair for 30 years. I mean, ser- there's nobody in the cruise line who's done that. The in the best, cruise industry.
4: I have the best job in the world, and I love every minute of it.
0: But seriously, you've been in this job for 30 years. And And it
4: still feels new every single day. Peter, I have the best job in the world because everything about it is new and the people I
0: work with are inspiring. Well, when you talk about what your passengers want, I'm going to put your passenger hat on for a second because as you're sitting there in the conference room and they're trying to talk about what we're going to put on the ship, what's the thing as a passenger you hated the most about cruise ships that you wanted to make sure was not going to happen on this ship?
4: I'm having trouble thinking of what that might be. I will tell you that we didn't start with what... Uh, this f- focus group of One Wanted, or even the focus no, group... No, you ended with it. <laughs> or, or or even the focus group of Lisa Lutoff-Perlo, or right. her team, or Harry Kulavar and his team. We actually started with a focus group and other surveys and other information from our guests. And we had the best source of that. They answer our questions. They love to participate in design thinking. Our crew work with them every day, and were able to give us feedback of an amazing value. So we were really able to start not with what we wanted, but with what our guests wanted. And
0: what did they tell you, more than anything else, that they wanted?
4: Uh, I don't think it was any one thing. I think it was a whole series of things, but they wanted they wanted a really, what we call modern luxury experience. They wanted... Um, flexibility lots of places to go they wanted options they wanted options they wanted choice and so starting out and being able in the end to give them 29 different places to to eat is is really a a kind of luxury um they wanted it to be super efficient so we talked about car to bar in 10 minutes um they wanted
0: um meaning when you get to the port you're on the ship
4: Exactly. So we wanted to cut down the process. They wanted um, they wanted
0: something. See, car to bar, the reverse of that is called designated driver. You know that. Okay. <laughs> well,
4: but when you're on a cruise ship, you don't, have, you don't need got a designated it. I driver. Got it. I got it. Um, but also, another thing which is very important, and I've really seen a growth of this, and I must tell you it's heartwarming, is they wanted something that was environmentally friendly that was um, uh, good for uh, sustainability in our destinations, on our ship. And so that actually, I was really heartened to see how important that was to so many of our customers. In making their decisions. In making their decisions and what they wanted. And actually, not what they wanted, but what they expected from us.
0: Well, you know, you and I go back long enough to know that there were early, in the early days of the cruise line industry, you were burning garbage at sea. A lot of stuff was getting thrown off the side, right? Things weren't getting reported, and then you had a wake-up call, right? And 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 the wake-up and other cruise lines as well. But your wake-up call came about ten years ago, right? And in fact, you know all the the oil problems that you had, and that really it, people don't realize when they come on a ship like now, one of your ships, you have an entire deck that's devoted just to waste management.
4: So I think what you're talking about is more like twenty five years ago, but it, maybe it shows how old you and I are, Peter. Oh, stop. Um, but <laughs> Um, But you know the answer that I'm talking about. But it's absolutely – and one of the things we realized was while we all – and I think all of our employees and our guests wanted things to be right, they took it for granted. And I think one of the wake-up calls to us is that this required not just wanting it to be right – but really make dedicated efforts. You need, you need expertise, just as you need expertise on how you build the ships. Uh, you need expertise on how to operate them in a sustainable way, um, how to operate your crews in the best possible way. And, so, and to educate your crews. Educate the crews um, to bring in the expertise that was very valuable. Um, and as you say, if just we one of the things we've recently done, for example, is we formed a partnership with the World Wildlife Fund, and um, I'm a strong believer in what gets measured gets better. And so I, I started to talk about the three goals that we set are set for ourselves with WWF, and really by
0: setting these measurable goals. That's the World Wildlife Fund, not World Worldwide Wrestling. Yeah.
4: And we set these goals in three areas. Number one, carbon emissions. We wanted to reduce our carbon footprint. Number two, sustainable food supplies. And number three, sustainable tourism. All three areas are important to us um, in terms of our company's ethos and in terms of uh, what our guests are looking for. And so by setting these standards and then methodically working to achieve them and reporting on the results, so we report extensively on all aspects of how we're doing on those things. So we hold ourselves accountable, WWF holds us accountable, and the public can hold us accountable.
0: No plastic water bottles on the ship. I couldn't find one.
4: Well, you won't find a plastic water bottle. You won't straws? F- you won't find straws, stirrers. Almost anything of use of single-use pl- single plastics has been eliminated on the ship. You can't eliminate everything. So, for example example. Um, uh, the doctor will still use latex gloves to um, for the inspection. But um, Wait a
0: second. Is there an inspection? <laughs> you didn't tell me about that, Richard. <laughs> but there's some
4: there are some things that you yeah. can't get rid of. But essentially, the vast bulk of all single-use plastics have been eliminated. And um, one of the things that I'm most proud of is this is one of a number of ships in our fleet, um, which are now zero landfill ships. So everything that comes on this ship is either um, reused, so we have a container that you reuse, recycled, so you melt it down and use it in some other form uh, or incinerated and nothing goes to landfill because you know people take things and it's it's appropriate but your your waste goes to the landfill and doesn't degrade over decades. And so having zero to landfill is for us uh, a terrific goal. Uh, we now have it on a number of our ships and and basically wherever the facilities on shore exist. We follow that mantra. And
0: somewhere down the line, LNG, right?
4: And we have LNGs coming uh, as well. LNG is a new form of propulsion that's on our ships. And again, lower carbon footprint. Uh, we're very proud of our of our ability to cut down on uh, energy use on these ships. And we think we have the, the best in the industry. And we will continue to make advances as we have on this ship, which is almost 30% more energy efficient than the last ships we built uh, for
0: Celebrity. And when you think of the, of the size and mass of your company, 5 million people took a Royal Caribbean or Celebrity cruise last year, we're dealing with some serious impact if you can actually fix it.
4: Well, I think everybody needs to, this is something where everybody needs to do, and I think thinking of this as only a small part of the total is a bad thought process because it always leads you down to a path of saying, well, my, my, my bad isn't significant, we all need to make our contribution large or small. We're in a position to make a larger contribution, but everybody needs
0: to. And now you have to educate the passengers.
4: Well, you know, I think this is something that our passengers want, they respect, and I think they support, and they, they again, it's not something they want, it's something they expect. This is something we, as a responsible company, needs to do. And by the way, it's not only for the passengers. The You know, our lifeblood, our... Our success depends on our crew, and our crew want it as well. And so if we don't respect the same kind of cultural values that they hold dear, they're not going to provide the same level of service that they do. And and I think this is not just to the guests. This isn't just for some nebulous cause in the future. This is something that's important to everybody.
0: Tell me about the godmother of this ship.
4: Ah, that is, a, that is really an exciting thing to talk about. So one of our values has, has been inclusion, education, particularly gender equality, and we have the a great privilege of having as a godmother Malala. And this is a woman of uh, amazing courage and amazing perseverance in the face of great odds, and as a result is accomplishing great things. So to have a person of her stature.
0: And the message that sends.
4: And and the message that sends, I can't tell you, there aren't that many things I get emotional about, but it's really a wonderful feeling. Um, she is a, just a beautiful person, eloquent, committed, making sacrifices to have her who again represents one of our great values is a is a great privilege for us and i think it's um i i do believe in um tradition and i believe in luck and um, i think she'll bring great fortune to the Hello? show i'm
3: repeating we're not in kansas anymore
0: Every time I travel around the world, I bump into him. I hardly ever see him in Los Angeles or Canada, but he's now on the ship and you may see him on his website, Johnny Jet. It's Johnny Descala. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. I mean, look, you and I have known each other for a long time, and every time we talk, you're coming up with websites and apps that nobody's ever heard of but people <laughs> need to know about. And we're on a cruise, so what have you got for me that people do not know about that, do, that they need to know? Okay, that
5: do not know about. Do you know Cruise Compete? Have you heard of CruiseCompete.com?
0: Actually, I have because it's run, run by some travel agents that do some interesting research.
5: Yeah, so Cruise Compete, what they do is they actually make other travel agents compete with each other. So consumers can really find the best deal. So you, you put in what you're looking for, and then they will... Uh, email you whatever deal you know they have their best deal then you can really try and
0: you know so this is sort of like lendingtree.com
5: <laughs> I'm not sure about lendingtree where the tree. banks compete to uh, yeah, give yeah, you more Yeah yeah actually yeah, yeah I've never used lendingtree but yeah for well, sure you wouldn't be you wouldn't be qualified probably not, probably not. But in any case, okay, so that's Cruise Compete. You go on their site and tell them what you want, and then somebody gives you a better offer. They do. And so, you know, with cruises, you have to shop around. So, you know, I always recommend for first-time cruisers, you definitely want to go to a travel agent, a a specialist, a cruise agent who will... A cruise-only agent. Exactly, because they have... They know the deals, they know what ship you're going to be on, and they'll make sure that you have a great vacation.
0: Based on what you're being honest about, about what you're really hoping to accomplish on a ship. For
5: sure. It might cost a little bit more some cruise agents, but and if you're a seasoned cruiser... Then, you know, Cruise Compete and other sites, you know, I like... Actually, Costco Travel does a really good job with travel agents. People
0: forget, and in the interest of full disclosure, I actually write for their magazine, but people forget how much travel Costco actually sells. They do. I mean, people... Look, I go to... I'm I'm the craziest Costco shopper. I'll show up... You know, I end up with one cart and end up with nine dollies, you know, because as you walk down the aisle, you know, you'll see, I had no idea they sold peanut butter that big. I guess I'll have to take two. For You're sure. buying for Armageddon, but they actually sell travel.
5: They do. And actually I, I use them for car rentals as well. You know, you, you can go. Costco. Their, yeah. A lot of people don't know that you can go onto their website and you can put in just like regular car rental website and they will tell you um, which ones are the best deals or for them you okay. still have to shop around and with and with um with Costco travel you're being paired with a, real, a live travel agent so you're going to be talking to a, you can be talking to a travel agent or you can go online and 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 do it that way but there's other sites too to find bargains if you're a a seasoned traveler i mean you definitely want to check all out all of
0: my listeners our season, Our season traveler. travelers. So Cru- go ahead. So
5: cruisecritic.com slash bargains. No, we,
0: we know about Cruise Critic. They're on my show all the time. Okay. Yeah.
5: Yeah. They have a great page that shows all their bargains. Um, and by the
0: way, let's get down to a definition of the word bargains. It's not just the rate that you're paying for your cabin, it's all the extras you need to budget for, or it's not a bargain at all.
5: Exactly. And actually, the CEO of Cruise Compete, I met him once where I heard him speak, and he told me the sweet spot to buy cruises are either 12 to 18 months in advance or six to seven weeks before sailing. Just after final payments are due for others. Yeah, because people drop out. They drop out so that the cruises go down. So that's those are my tips on how to find Cheap cruises.
0: Now, speaking of cheap cruises, every cruise line now offers packages for drinks, um, which I think is absurd, because you can always tell who's bought the drinks packages. Stay away from anybody on the ship for the first day of the cruise, because they will drink like fish, because they want to get their money's worth. And then there's no problem looking for them on the second day of the cruise, because no one can find them. They're finished. (laughs) And it's when they wake up on the third day of the cruise and realize the mistake that they made on the first day of the cruise, all of a sudden the drinks package becomes profitable for the cruise line because they're drinking normally at that point. Agreed. But the first day of the cruise, stay away from
5: anybody who's bought a drinks package because they're toxic. Agreed. I'm, I'm with you. I don't drink alcohol, and uh, but I know what you're talking about. Now, where the drinks packages come into
0: play, uh, if you've got kids and you can do the drinks packages for them for soft drinks and lemonade and all the things that can really add up on a cruise. Right. Uh, however, when you buy a drinks package for your kids, keep in mind, it's Sugar Rush Festival because they'll be running around the, you know, the ship at, at hyper speed simply because that's all they're drinking. So parents still need yeah. to be responsible.
5: And on this cruise, I think the soft drinks are free. At least it seems to be. I mean, yeah. I, I, obviously, we're on a preview cruise. Yeah. But, um, you know, at the lunch and the dinner, you know, in the cafe... I don't think they Listen, charge the that. smart
0: cruise lines realize it's not what it costs. It's what it's worth. And when you start nickel and diming your passengers, they don't come back a second time. Uh, you know, it's one thing to fly on Spirit. You know what's interesting? I ask people, have you flown on Spirit? Have you ever flown Spirit? And everybody gives me the same answer. Yes, once. <laughs> I've never flown them.
5: Never? <laughs> never. You need to fly them once. I bought a ticket once, and, then they try, f- and they tried to nickel and dime me, and I was like, forget it. I'm not. But you need to fly them once. You need to do it. Actually, I've heard some good things about the big, big seat up front. You know, as long as you're not checking bags and you have right. a small carry No, as long
0: as you're a fugitive from justice or a member of the witness <laughs> relocation pro- program, that is your airline because you're not going to be carrying a lot of
5: bags. Yeah, I mean, it's true.
0: No. Listen, they still fill all their planes, let's be honest. Uh, People fly them because they know what they're getting. The people who tell me they've only flown them once are people who are mega frequent flyers who are expecting perks in the air and it ain't going to happen on Spirit.
5: That's why I don't fly them. Oh, excuse
0: me, Mr. Spoiled Traveler. No, I mean, I know better. If you are continuing
5: on to another Southwest destination,
6: please
0: make
7: sure that
6: you check the monitors inside the terminal for your proper gate and flight information. If you are continuing on with
0: another airline, we really don't care. I am a passenger. Uh, my next guest knows a little bit about this ship because he's been with it since it was born, just about. Taking it out of the yards and uh, sailing it on its first voyage. His name is Captain Konstantinos Nasridis. But we all call him Captain Costas.
3: That's easier. It's a Greek name, so it's hard to pronounce. I can understand that.
0: Most Greek names I know are like Papadopadopadopadopalopolis.
3: Yeah, but they also cut it at the end. I know. (laughs) So it's like pap. (laughs)
0: Captain, you know... Sailing aboard this ship, and we've talked about this earlier in the show, when we talk about, you know, everybody has new ships coming out. All the shipyards are operating at 100% capacity. Every cruise line is, is, of every ship size and pedigree, they're coming out. And of course, inevitably, when a new ship comes out, the cruise line will tell you it's either the best or the biggest or both. In this case, what's what's uh, was somewhat surprising to me, it wasn't about the add-on, G whiz, stunts and features like a racetrack on the top or water slides or an ice skating rink or a rock climbing wall. It's about true design innovations, starting from the bow to the stern. And what's even more impressive, it wasn't just from the inside out, it was from the outside in. Explain that.
3: I fully agree. And I can also understand that everybody is uh, proud and tries to uh, speak uh, with the best words for any new coming ship. On our case, I think... uh, we have uh, the right to do and say so, because the Celebrity Edge, uh, from the design uh, part of it, before it even became a piece of art that it is uh, finalized today, uh, was uh, revolutionary in the minds of our brand on trying to change the cruising industry and the way people understand uh, the sea and how you can bring the environment uh, and the sea closer to our guests. So what? what What I'm trying to say here is what? Edge is designed in a way to bring the sea closer to the guests. It's designed to have an open view of uh, any area that you're on the ship, starting from the outer bay windows, the guest areas, venue areas, two-story decks with glass, uh, a lot of light uh, into the ship. From an architectural point of view, uh, starting with the parabolic bow. Explain that. I will explain that. It's a total uh, new approach. We redesigned the bow of uh, any existing cruise ship. Until today, we are the first one, and we strongly believe that we will be copied in the future because it gives uh, a huge uh, hydrodynamic advantage. It gives uh, advanced comfort and. Uh, Stabilize- noise. Stabilizing? Yes, if I may say, and I can speak from. Uh, experience even though she's really new but during our crossing from uh, st nazaire france when we took over coming all the way to uh, united states uh, first week in the north atlantic on our way to azores where we stopped uh, for re- refueling we had quite bad uh, weather we had swells up to six to seven uh, meters and surprisingly uh, i didn't hear once a wave uh, bouncing on the ship's bow which is uh, amazing. At the same time, even though it's uh, early, we are in an early stage of uh, collecting uh, data and information, we are very confident that we will be in a double-digit figure of fuel savings uh, by giving us that uh, benefit from the parabolic bow.
0: And you, know, you look at that bow, and I'm reminded, you're going to laugh at me, but I'm reminded of like World War One battleships, where, where the bow was in the exact opposite direction in terms of the way it hit the water, than most bows today.
3: I would go even further back. Uh, you know, I'm Greek. If you see the uh, ancient Greek uh, trieries, as we say, they had a similar thing. So maybe it's time to go back to roots. <laughs> and it's working. Yes. But
0: also, when you talk about the windows in what you call your veranda cabins, I mean, what you've done is you've you've expanded like 23% in terms more of living space, but the engineering that had to go into those windows... Correct. Because normally, ships would not allow you to do that.
3: Correct. Celebrity Edge has an innovation on uh, that design as well, going back to the architects. Celebrity Edge is uh, designed with a reinforced uh, spine in the center, if I may say, uh, in order to give us the flexibility to... uh, have the outer bay uh, windows. That's in contrary on what we used to do in the past where the reinforcement of the ship was the side and the weak point was the center of the ship. So our uh, French friends in uh, Saint-Nazaire helped us develop this new kind of uh, building uh, that allowed us to uh, make uh, the outer bay window reality. And as you can see where we are sitting actually right now, uh, the view is uh, increased and the space and again, it brings you closer to the ocean. In addition, it gives you the option to have a cabin balcony uh, all in one or separated uh, depending on what you need or how your mood is.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. Every cruise passenger tells you they want a balcony and hardly any of them ever use it. Really. I mean, it, it's it's sort of hotel guests that say they'll only stay at a hotel with a swimming pool, but they never use it. Or they'll only stay at a hotel with a health club and they never use it. Now, whether they like it or not, they're part of the balcony.
3: Correct. And at least you have the choice now, even if you use it or not, it's there and it gives you, again, the Light and the uh, ability to be closer to the sea.
0: When you're dealing with the age of, of mega ships, and Royal Caribbean certainly has, the, has won that contest with some of your largest ships with over 6,000 passengers, over 2,000 crews, so you're dealing with ships that are carrying more than 8,000 people. The celebrity edge is not that ship. That celebrity, your maximum, of what, about 2,200 passengers?
3: If I'm not uh, mistaken, on top of my head, the total is uh, 4,700 people on board. If you take out 1,320 crew, which is our maximum power, leaves us with around 3,000... Uh, if you were full. If we were full, full 3,400 right. uh, guests, more or less.
0: So 25 years ago, you would have been, been the biggest ship afloat. Today,
3: True. you're somewhere in the middle. Yeah, but uh, volume is uh, good in some occasions. Uh, if you do the math on the figures I gave you, we have more or less the, a crew member per two uh, guests and uh, keeping that ratio and smaller numbers we strongly believe uh, increases the quality of uh, service making it more efficient and more personalized. Riding along in my automobile
1: My baby beside me at the wheel Cruising and playing the radio
4: With no particular place to go
0: Audible.com has more than 150,000 titles and virtually every genre. So check it out for yourself. Sign up today at wwwaudiblepodcastcom travel today to get a free audiobook and 30 day trial. My next guest, Senior Executive Editor of Cruise Critics. So I think that means she's on the ship. Colleen McDaniel, how are you?
6: I'm great, Peter.
0: It's good to see you. Now, you know, the last time we saw each other was when we, when they were inaugurating the MSC Seaside ship. That's right. Which was an innovative ship in terms of its exterior design, for sure, with the largest wraparound promenade decks and, and open space and, and a different sort of a product for the American market. Now we're on the edge, which is innovative in a completely different way in terms of design, in terms of cabins, in terms of public spaces, in terms of light, in terms of glass, in terms of propulsion, in terms of speed uh, with their uh, parabolic bow. You're the cruise critic. What's your verdict?
6: I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head. Uh, This is an innovative ship. There are many things on here that we just haven't seen before on ocean-going ships. Uh, One of the things you mentioned were the cabins and the infinite verandas are spectacular. And that is... Is and they were
0: a surprise to me. They were. Right? You yeah. walk in and you go, wait a minute, what is that again? Yeah.
6: It, it's fabulous. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's something that the concept isn't new in that river cruise lines have been doing this, right? Yeah. Um, but it really what it does is it gives you more indoor space and more useful outdoor space. And it's really hard to describe until you actually see it, right? It's this concept of a drop-down window that forms a balcony. Um, but boy, it creates natural light in cabins the way I've never seen it before.
0: It's true. And, you know, normally, you know, cruise ship cabins are sort small, you have to you know, leave your cabin in order to change your mind. Uh, and most people, I tell them, expect them to be much smaller than you've ever seen before. Expect them, the brochures to shoot them with the widest angle lens possible. But then at the same time, tell me how much time do you spend in your cabin other than showering and sleeping? You're not entertaining the state of Rhode Island. You're not watching every rerun of The Love Boat. You're going out in public areas where you're supposed to go out and, and have an experience out there. And that's the way it used to be in Las Vegas too, right? They didn't want you staying in your room. They wanted you out. Now, I mean, we've sort of reached a little bit of a tipping point in terms, in terms of cruise ship cabin design, a lot of these cabins, you don't mind hanging out in the room.
6: No, they're, they're really terrific and you want to spend a little bit t- of time there. But I also think that reflects the cruising changer too. It's so typical now for people to you know have to maintain some kind of sense of home, um, maintain connections to home when they're on vacation. So they want to do it in a comfortable way. Um, the ship has terrific internet speeds. It has great technology. So people who need to be connected to home, even when they're on vacation, even if it's for a few minutes at the beginning or the end of the day, they have a comfortable place to do that
0: listen people do not change their lifestyle when they change their location I don't care what they tell you they still want to know what their favorite sports team did last night they still want to deal you know normally when they go to check with, with, with home if their parents they're gonna make at least three uh, in the old days calls now it's emails and the, and they're all for the same reason call number one anybody get arrested right? <laughs> Call number two, the house burned down, and call number three, we're coming back. And then the rest of the time, it's their own self-interest, the things they want to do, whether it's with the stock market, their sports teams, their business, whatever. But they want connectivity.
6: Yes, absolutely. And I'll tell you, um, this this kind of ship too also is terrific for uh, those who maybe want to show off a little bit, show what they're doing. Right? It's a pretty. Uh, it's an
0: Instagrammable ship. It is
6: an Instagrammable ship. There are so many spots on board that, gosh, you can you can take a photo and you can you can make everybody you know jealous of your vacation
0: i know and for those people who are obsessed as some of my own staff are with photographing their food at every opportunity uh there's a restaurant here called i think the petite cafe which does an entire animation performance at your table, where they actually create your food in animation style using an overhead projector, and the minute they finish the actual construction of the food, the waiter is there giving you the food.
6: Yeah, it's tremendous, and it, it's a little Disney-esque. Yeah, it is. It, yeah, no, it, it very much is. As a matter of fact, Disney has a, a venue called Animator's Palette that sort of brings in the concept of, of that you know animation uh, in along with your food, but it's really a fantastically fun experience, um, and those plates is soon as they set them down they do look just like what this little tiny virtual chef created so it's a lot of fun oh
0: that's funny i was, I was watching the italian version because uh, i wanted to go through a demo and see what they were doing and it was sort of like you know the mario brothers and donkey kong were serving <laughs> me dinner
6: yeah it's a little bit slapstick but it's yeah. fun
0: <laughs> i'm going to give you a bag i'm going to give you a egg it's a little bit caricatures yeah. but but entertaining and fun but the the wildest thing about the way they've done it and this one i i, I still want to see it operationally because they have 60 spaces in that restaurant to be where people to sit. And you all have to be there at the same time because the same animation plays on the tables at the exact same moment, serving the exact same dish. That's right. And so what happens is, if you got to go to the bathroom, you can't leave because you'll, you'll miss the show, mm-hmm. right? And at the same time, they've had to figure out the, the engineering of how do the waiters put plates on your table at the exact same
6: time for 60 people. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean,
0: they can't do that when there's no animation <laughs> at most restaurants.
6: Yeah, it is. It's a pretty incredible experience. Um, they do have it nailed pretty well. I dined there last night, so I and had a chance to enjoy were, it. was
0: were, were you entertained?
6: I was entertained, yes. And it was interesting because there were some people that had different dietary restrictions at my table. But they didn't so get a
0: different animation.
6: They didn't get a different animation, but they did get a different dish. So they had to, in some cases, watch what the actual dish looked like on other people's plates, But nobody seemed to mind and everybody had a great time. They were time. entertained. Yes, absolutely.
0: Okay, good. What's the one, the most surprising thing on this ship for you?
6: Um, you know, they talk so much about the magic carpet and the infinite balconies um, that they didn't mention along the way or... Um, how great that spa actually is going to be there's a terrific spa terrific fitness center on board um, and that's something that it really has become the norm it's it's become a requirement for anybody traveling these days but that thermal suite i don't know if you've had any time to spend in there is really quite magnificent
0: well there's more than one there's there's one that's that's a hot sauna there's one with the salt there's right. one with the thermal there's one it's it's I was surprised at the space that they actually devoted to the, yeah, to the area. Yeah,
6: it's beautiful, and it goes along the lines with their concept of connecting the ship to the sea. That was a big concept along the way, and so a lot of those you know, um, spa areas actually face out to the sea, and they have lots of glass and open windows, which is just a terrific way of staying connected. How is it going to compete? I think it's going to compete very well. This is a really different ship. I think that loyalists to celebrity are going to be happy because it doesn't feel... And by the way, this is the
0: first celebrity ship they've had in about seven or eight years.
6: That's true. Yeah, the last one that came out was Celebrity Reflection uh, back, I think, in 2012. That's right. So this is, is, people have been waiting for a long time for this. Um, And what's going to happen is it's going to sort of set the bar for the cruise line. So they're going to go back and they're going to integrate some of the edge concepts into the other ships, which I think is going to make the line feel a lot more cohesive. So celebrity fans are going to be really excited about it. But first-time cruisers are going to like it, too, because it doesn't have, it doesn't feel really cruisy. There are elements that they might say What does that mean? Well, you know, I I think that um, it's, people have this fear that it's going to be, it's going to feel really constrictive and very claustrophobic, and I think this is a gorgeous open ship, right? So that sort of busts one of those myths that comes with sort of feeling cruisy.
2: Hello and welcome to Alaska Flight 438. We'd like to tell you now about some important safety features of this aircraft. The most important safety feature we have aboard this plane is the flight attendants. Please look at one now i
0: My next guest is a hotel escapee having served many years for the uh, Starwood folks otherwise known as uh, Sheridan and St. Regis and everybody else in those days before moving over to Royal Caribbean and now he's the senior vice president for Celebrity Cruises. Brian Abel how are you? Good how you doing? But you're the hotel ops guy. I'm the hotel ops guy. You're, you're the guy who makes sure there's, good, there's soap in the cabin and, uh, and the beds are
1: made. I make sure that the guest experience is outstanding.
0: When you're talking about a design of a ship and you guys have a ch- had the chance here for the first time in maybe seven or eight years to bring out a new ship when you start from scratch what's the one thing you said you had to have, other than the fact that, you know, you don't want guests crawling around the floor looking for an electrical outlet. I mean, the things that you know yourself as a hotel guest or as a cruise ship guest that you go, God, you know, when I get to design my ship, I want this. What was it? Oh,
1: that's a tough question. I think that uh, for, for us, it's just making sure that Celebrity Edge took the whole brand to a new whole new level and the things that matter most to our guests, which is great service, great culinary, great design, and great accommodations.
0: But, you know, I'm like, I mean, that's a great mission statement, but for me, you know i judge a hotel from the bathroom because if the bathroom works my guess is the rest of the hotel is going to work and most hotel bathrooms suck right either the lights every woman complains to me there's not enough light or proper light for their makeup or let's be honest there's not enough space for all the stuff they carry with them right so i mean that's an area you need to look at you talk about what your customers are saying to you i'm sure they were talking about bathroom size
1: yeah i mean bathroom size i think in general is the stateroom accommodation in general, we wanted to make it feel more residential um, and that they, our guests weren't staying on a, on a in a stateroom. And we wanted them to be bigger. So we have we have king-size beds, which we knew was really important to our, our guests. So they wanted a bigger bed that was really comfortable. They wanted a bigger bath. And they wanted more storage space. So we have a lot of storage space in our cabins here.
0: Yeah, what I noticed in, in the design of just your standard stateroom is you found a way to use corners.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look at the design, like every inch we really thought about... I mean, first of all, we thought about the balcony. How do we use the balcony right. more? And that's where we came up with the Infinite Veranda. So the balcony becomes part of your stateroom, and then it becomes a balcony when you want it to. But that allows us to give the guests a lot more space. And then as we were designing... All the little things like our ceiling heights are, are a little bit higher in Celebrity Edge than on our other ships today. So it just makes it feel bigger. And the windows are floor to ceiling and wall to wall windows. So when you w- walk in the door, it's really bright.
0: In yeah, the here. porthole days are over.
1: The porthole days
0: are over, yes. Long gone. <laughs> uh, what else did you do in terms of carpeting, in terms of actual texture? materials.
1: Yeah, I mean, we worked with Kelly Hoppen, who who designed all the staterooms and we wanted a more soothing palette, so you see a lot of taupes, a lot of more natural colors in the staterooms, and then each stateroom has a, a pop of color. So some staterooms have a pop of blue, some have a pop of orange, might have a pop of red, just a just a little accent piece to to brighten up the room.
0: Part of the psychographic research you did.
1: No, oh, every day we do psychographic research. What's
0: the <laughs> one thing you you, deter, you discovered in your research that you had no idea about?
1: Um, I think that one of the big things was making sure we have enough hangers. In the in the closet space, it's the little stuff. It's the little stuff, and also I think the outlets. The outlets were really important, and so you see that we have USB outlets as well, well as regular outlets, and making sure that the outlets were right next to the bed and on both sides of the bed. So it's not usually it's just one side, and then you know husband and wife they start fighting on which side to sleep on. But right? we have it both sides here, and we
0: can't have any fighting like that. No, no, fighting. not good. Yep. All right, so it's the, it's the stuff that you'd actually uh, apply to a hotel stay. Yeah, it's no different. You nope. want to go, you don't want to crawl around looking for an outlet. That's right, and wireless.
1: Yeah, I think the other great thing is the stateroom automation we have on board here, that everything is controlled by the panel when you first walk in the door. Or through our Celebrity app, you can actually control your lights, the blinds, the air conditioning, the temperature. And my, my favorite thing is that you can actually turn your, tel- your phone into the remote control to, to your TV.
0: Which is going to confuse me greatly, you know that.
1: <laughs> no, it's simple. I want
0: on, off, up, down. You know, when they built my house a couple of years ago, they told me I had the state-of-the-art you know, heating and air conditioning system And they showed me the thermostat I said, get rid of it Get me the old Honeywell The little wheel that <laughs> just put the sixty on And you turned it off Because I couldn't figure out how to program it
1: Yeah, well, I think what we did here Was made it really simple So when you have the app With the controls of the stateroom You can go as detailed as you want Or you could just hit on, off We actually have lights on Lights 50%, lights 100% So it keeps Something it simple Something
0: that an idiot like me would understand P- Possibly <laughs> <laughs> You know me <laughs>
7: Should there be a rapid change in cabin pressure, oxygen masks will automatically drop from the compartment above your seat, free of charge. And to start the flow of oxygen, pay your flight attendant $75.63.
5: If you've done
0: any sort of cruising, and I've done this since the 70s, and I go back to the word entertainment, it was usually this. A very bad Broadway review, flaming baked Alaska at dinner, that was their other form of entertainment, um, and a juggler who couldn't work half the time because the sea was too rough. Uh, that was basically entertainment in the 70s and the 80s, and then of course there were the electronic days of, of of trying to put gaming on board and everything else. On this particular ship, and you heard me talk about this earlier in the show, the design innovations from the bow to the stern are not about gadgets and gizmos or or um, race tracks on the on the top deck or you know rock walls. It's truly design innovation about just the actual experience on the ship. And that applies to the entertainment as well. And joining me now, I, I'm going to give her the, the correct title: the associate vice president of entertainment for Celebrity Cruises, uh, Becky Thompson Foley. Becky, you and I talked to each other four or five months before this ship made its debut, and you were previewing the theater for me. And most theaters on on cruise ships that I've experienced are a room where they put some chairs, and there's a stage, and there's a curtain, and it reminds me of like a high school play, because you have limited resources you have limited space, Uh, you have limited opportunities to really put in better performances because they don't have enough room to work in or they don't have enough support. What's different about this theater?
7: I can honestly tell you, even before we talk about what it looks like, we were on the design team. So instead of the designers designing the theater, handing it over to entertainment and saying, hey, what are you going to put in here? You went to
0: the entertainment first.
7: We did. We actually went straight and worked alongside each other. And I think... Just as we want to bring our guests closer to the ocean on Celebrity Edge, we actually really want to bring them closer to the experience and bring them into the experience. And the theatre is one place that I I, I truly believe we can do that.
0: And I'm I'm very happy to report, you don't have a curtain.
7: Do you know what? Somebody said to me a few months back. So on Edge, are you going to throw away the curtain? Are you going to pull back the curtain? And I said, pull it back. We've thrown away the curtain. Um, (laughs) And so no, there's no curtain. I also come from the 80s. I was a dancer on ships in the 80s. Oh wait a
0: minute. You were in that bad Broadway. Song? in that
7: terrible. I was doing the Ken Can and a bad Broadway review. How
0: many how many songs from Camelot did you perform?
7: <laughs> All of them. <laughs> and so I look back now, and I, I exactly how you described was when I was on ships. Yeah. And so I look at it now, and being able to help design the space means we can also curate and design the experience around, it. and that's what we've been able to do. And I think um, not only is it a theatre in the round. It now has... uh, But the the, stage moves, too. The stage moves. We have the tallest projection screens at sea. We have an Oculus ribbon that actually goes behind the guests, so it actually envelopes them in the lighting. But now we've added the Constellation system, which is off-the-charts sound system. It actually envelopes the guests into the experience. What does that mean with the Constellation system? Um, it is an array of speakers. It's an electroacoustic framework where pretty much the guests can hear the echo and the sounds, and we can play with it. We have a Shakespeare show that we do here where we have the birds flying above the guests' head. So it is not anymore sit down and watch a show. It is come and be in the experience. Shakespeare at sea. Shakespeare at sea. Oh there we are. God. Yes. So What um, light
0: through yonder window? Oh, sorry, sorry.
7: That speaks to right.
0: Oh, look at you. <laughs> look at you. And if you don't have a curtain, then the stage can also move up and down.
7: The stage can move up and down. The screen's open, and actually the screen's open to to show you three different stages behind. Essentially, it opens in three different sections, so we have four stages that we can play with, vignettes. We have spiral staircases that performers can be on as they spiral. We have the first ever dual rotational pit, which goes up and down and inside of each other at sea. Um, and that's for the orchestra? Yeah, No, actually, that is for the performers to actually be on. And they go in opposite directions to each other, which is exciting. We have a rain curtain, the first ever rain curtain at sea. Tonight, you will actually not just see it rain on the stage. And I think that's the big story here, Peter, is you don't just see it rain, you hear it rain. You feel it rain. Um, and it, it again, it really is truly immersing everybody.
0: What's the one thing you tried to do in the theater that you, at the end of the day you couldn't do?
7: Well, actually, it was the Constellation System. And then two weeks ago, our wonderful chairman said, Becky, you could have the Constellation System. <laughs> so actually, we got everything we wanted in the theatre.
0: Cool. And how many people do you hold in there?
7: We hold 903. Truly, there isn't a bad seat in the house because obviously it's in the round. Um, some guests have said their favorite seat is actually sitting right next to the stage. We have swivel chairs so they can see the stage, the screen, but they can also see the audience, which again has not been seen before. Usually the audience is behind you.
0: Right, and that also allows your performers to interact with the audience in a much different way.
7: Connectivity really is essential to, to a theater in the round. Um, you're not performing at the audience. You're on the same level as the audience also remember Peter theatre in the round there are only entrances through the house so essentially they have to completely come past the, the audience constantly and this cast does it incredibly I think they have great connectivity
0: and no juggler anymore
7: there's no juggler and actually you know <laughs> um, we've only ever had three full productions on Celebrity now all of our shows are fully produced um, so no we don't have fly on and fly off guest entertainers anymore uh, we just have fully produced shows
0: so what you're telling me is that the vaudeville days are over
7: the vaudeville days are over
5: Where are the wagons.
7: The wagon is too slow. Can't you ride? It's not that he
4: can't ride. How is it you put it home?
3: They're dangerous at both ends and crafty in the middle. how do I want anything with a mind of its own bobbing about between my legs?
0: Joining us now, one of my old friends and a a regular on the show whenever we can get him, uh, the cruise editor of USA Today, Gene Sloan. How are you, man? I'm doing good. So you've been on the ship all of 24 hours.
2: Yeah. Uh, Your verdict? It's a beautiful ship. Celebrity always builds the most beautiful ships, and this this is... What and you, I would and you do not work for Celebrity, by the way. No, I don't. I don't. But uh, no, they, they've done, each new class for them is really, it's taken it up a notch. And what takes this up a notch? Um, it's uh, Well, the style is, is is just wonderful. It's a little bigger than what they've done in the past. There's, there's a whole bunch of innovative stuff. They've redesigned the cabin in a really meaningful way, <laughs> in, involving like a... a having to having to go and really rethink the architecture of the ship to the the basic balcony cabin having this wall-to-wall glass wall-to-wall floor-to-ceiling which hasn't been done before and it hasn't been done for architectural reasons and they figured it out. And when you first walk in, it, it looks a little weird from the outside
0: because yeah. you're looking at, you know and you're looking at the dock at the ship, from the dock to the ship, you're looking to see balconies and there are none.
2: No, no, and it, it's it, exactly it's really striking from the outside because it doesn't look like other big ships look. And we haven't seen this in ocean cruising. They're calling it this infinite veranda. It's basically uh, instead of the balcony, there is the space that used to be the balcony, but it's now incorporated into the inside of the cabin. And um, there's there's a there's the it's a little complicated to describe. But there's it, it's this wall-to-wall glass. The glass comes down from the top of the cabin, and you push a, push a button comes and slides down halfway to create this balcony feel. And, uh, and but and yet you're still inside your cabin. It, it's it's actually adding twenty-three percent more space. Well, they've to done the that on some cabin. of the river cruises. They have, it, exactly. This is something we've seen on river cruises in the last few years, it's been a huge success there. And now we're seeing the ocean ships go to it. But the thing is, it, it's incredibly difficult to do from an engineering point of view because that outward wall That used to be where the balcony begins was the structural wall holding up the ship, and so what they've had to do is rethink everything. They pulled in the structural steel to, to beyond the cabin to where the hallway is, creating you know so basically if you've ever looked in a cabin, an ocean-going balcony cabin, you think there's a lot of glass, but when you pull the curtains back, you actually see there's quite a bit of steel structure there. They've gotten rid of all of that and 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 been able to create this really open feel. And not only that, on most cruise ship balconies, you need a spatula to get out there.
0: Yeah. They're not big. No. And, and everybody says they want to have, they want to take a cruise that has a balcony. They hardly ever use that balcony.
2: No, exactly. And that's that's the thing the river cruise lines found out, and now the ocean cruise lines are, are addressing, which is everybody thinks they want that balcony. It, it eats up a lot of space. It's, it still ends up being a small thing. You don't go out there. You hardly ever go out there. And now what that's doing is that taking that, that space back and putting it back into the cabin, which actually does some wonderful things. Like, uh, one thing I immediately noticed is the bathroom is a lot bigger and more spacious. The sh- it's a nice big shower for a balcony cabin. They've been able to expand that size because they have that extra space that used to be the balcony space. Exactly. What else struck you about the ship? Um, well, uh, okay. So this change with the cabins. One thing it does is uh, is brings the outside in more, and I'm I'm seeing that all over the ship, and that was a real conscious effort they made. There, there's um, I mean, there's little things they did. Like if you go on the pool deck, you'll notice the chairs face outward instead of facing inward. You go on any other ship and all the chairs are facing inward towards where the pool is along the side of the ship. They just turn it around. They're saying, we're going to look out, you know, the, what you're paying for here is to be out in the sea Right. and we're going to reorient the ship to the sea. So they've done that with these balcony cabins. They did that with the pool. There's this area on the back of the ship called Eden, which is this three-deck-high um, kind of multi-use uh, entertainment, dining, and lounge area that is just in, completely enclosed in glass. And, and, and so you're sitting there and you're looking looking out and just have this expansive view of the outside. It's kind of like the old days. Remember when casinos were all inward and you never saw anything? Right. As these ships have gotten bigger and bigger, that's been a problem that, that you can be in the middle of some of these giant ships and forget you're in the middle of the ocean.
0: Well, Let's face it, some of these big giant ships, that was intentional yes. because they wanted to make the ship the destination itself.
2: That's exactly it. Just like with the casinos, they wanted to keep you inside, keep you, you know, drinking, doing all the entertainment. The ship is the destination. But you know, they've heard from their customers, we are, we're paying, we want, we want to be out in the sea, we want to see the sea. And as the ships have gotten bigger, you've gotten more and more removed from the sea. And so now they're taking us back and saying, okay, we're going to give you the sea. What a concept. You're on a ship and they're giving you the sea. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but they're doing it. They are. I mean, and there's there's a whole bunch of things, and they're they're innovative things. They really rethought. I mean, there's even this thing, maybe you've talked about already, this magic carpet, um, this giant uh, tennis court size yeah. thing sticking over the side of the ship that can be used as a lounge. It can be used as a restaurant. Really, and you can sit out there and really, you're out like you're cantilevered. over the side Well, you're the sort of hanging the over the side of the ship. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another part of this, which is. Um, I well, what I thought was wonderful. interesting about that,
0: and I did talk about it a little bit earlier, but it bears repeating, is that it not only is used as that, but mm-hmm. when they have to do tendering operations, yeah, it becomes a platform for the for the uh, for the tenders.
2: It does, and that's really going to change the tender operation. That's it, been it gets one of people the people off faster. Yeah, and, and that's been a weak point for ships. Is that you know if if you have to tender, you're, if, you're standing on a little floating pier that is, you can be a little bit difficult. Yeah, you're just funneled through this little space and there's this huge bottleneck, people back up, and so now they've created this wonderful tennis court-sized platform where you can really, on and off the ship is going to be much simpler
0: we're talking about saying that it remains one of the more confusing things in travel in general but specifically and and probably most strongly in the world of cruising and that's tipping we're seeing restaurants now trying to redefine can they go to all no tipping or, or are they going to apply tipping and then what does that do to income for their for their service staff what does that do for their tax liability but in the cruise lines it's just a matter of how much are they paying their people how much of what you're paying for your for your cruise berth goes to the people and on certain cruise lines i remember remember this goes back to my very first days on ships they would put an envelope in your room on the night before you were leaving the ship with not only a suggested but a very strongly suggested tip amount for your 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 cabin steward and in many cases some who had sweets had a butler
2: or your wine steward or your waiters on board uh and to a certain extent that's still going on yeah no it is and uh you know what's happened with it it, it, they would do that that way but at least you were still the one deciding how much am i going to give to the person and putting that money in the envelope and what's changed over the years is is at, for our convenience, as they say. Yeah, right. Any yeah. anytime somebody for, says for your, convenience, for your convenience, turn the other way and run. Exactly. So for our convenience now, they just have decided, so say it was $10 before, we suggest, well, we'll just put that $10 right on your bill. Um, automatically... And, it, and it's there. You, you And they like, still put the envelope in the room. They'll still give you the envelope, yeah. It's but, called double uh, dipping. Yeah, so they did that. And then, of course, once it's going on your bill all the time, it's easier for them to, you know, it, it becomes easy. Then Just it goes up a dollar, it goes up a dollar, it goes up a dollar. Over time, it's gone up and up. And and. And uh, yet
0: there are some cruise lines, to their credit, uh, I'm thinking of Silver Sea being one, uh, and a number of other cruise lines that have a strict no tipping policy because you're paying so much more for your cabin
2: that it just becomes part yeah.
0: of, part of your bill.
2: That's it, and actually, we've seen more lines do that at the high end. So there's been sort of it's at, it's a little bit of a crossroads is where tipping is at the higher end. You see more lines go to including uh, tips, saying you know no, we don't. You know, and by the way, you have included. that
0: policy, you're almost inclined to tip more because you feel better about it.
2: Yeah, you do exactly, and that's what people do. It's they. they they say don't you know you don't have to tip it's included but people still give and they give it directly to the person who gives them great service the, yeah the room steward and it's not pooled it's it no it's not pooled but they're paying their workers well yeah. you know they've they've they you've paid for it in advance you've you've paid that higher price in sure. advance and they' and it's going um, but what we've seen with some of the mass market lines is the um, the, the amounts they're putting automatically on your bill have, have been going up at rates much faster than the rate of inflation and the issue i think one of the issues i think it's great that you know money is going to the crew but one of the issues is are the crew really get are they getting all this money how how like how how's is, how is the math working how out how's it getting this? distributed yeah i think and and uh, and carnival just recently raised it didn't they carnival just raised it at the beginning of december it um, uh, 8% which was far faster it's, it i think it was a little over a year uh, since the last raise so it was far faster than the rate of inflation since they did it one issue is you know, they say, well, all this money is going to the crew. What, I think what's happening is some of the money is going to crew who before were paid salaries. You know, so they... You well, know, that's, may, not, that's may, not good. Maybe the entertainers are now getting part of their salary from the tip pool. So is your room steward, steward really getting 8% more? The, the cruise lines are very cagey about how it's all distributed, and they won't talk about that. But that's one of the questions I have. It's one of the questions I have, because when you see how
0: hardworking they are... Yeah. ...and... Eighty to ninety percent of what they're earning is being sent directly back home to their families. Yeah, uh, because they don't really have expenses on board the ship because their room obviously is taken care of, their their meals, their laundry, their health care, and it allows them to earn money for their families back home. Since ninety five percent of those crew members are from foreign countries, uh, you really want to make sure that that money is going to them.
2: Yeah, you do. Now, um, you know what I do see when I'm on these ships is there's a lot of happy crew. So I think, you know, I think for them they're they're they are being paid well, they seem to enjoy their jobs. Um, I think for the customer, it's, it, the question I have is is what is what the lines are doing here is they're pushing more of their employee costs down onto their customers. You know, so why not you know the problem is they they want to be able to advertise the lowest possible price and the So period. they're
0: being competitive on rate but they're not
2: necessarily being competitive on value. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah.
6: You've been listening to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Catch us each week as we broadcast from a new location somewhere around the world.
0: If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.
6: it's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly on your life I'm going to be your financial coach someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money